is Netflix about to start a mega bull recovery? The stock is up around 7% following their most recent earnings update, which in all honesty was weak, but not terrible. So, I mean, you look at their underlying operating profit went from 1.8 billion last year to 1.6 billion. So a real decline in underlying operating profitability, their number of paid subscribers or global members declined by 1 million during the quarter, which was better than they guided to of nearly 2 million subscriber loss. So that is still a loss reflecting tough competitive environment. Their free cash flow got worse from around 800 million last quarter to closer to break even. They'll say, hey, we're free cash flow positive for a company of their size. I'd say this is really break even. And then well, the real reason why I think the stock is recovering is because they're saying, yeah, the worst is behind us in terms of net additions to their global membership base, where they're going from a loss during this quarter to an expected gain of a million subscribers in the third quarter. That said, they're still expecting to see continued operating margin pressure. So their core business profitability is still expected to decline from $1.8 billion in core operating profit last year to $1.3 billion. And we'll talk about the dynamic why in just a second. It is a little bit surprising and concerning. Here it is, Stranger Things, one of their hit TV shows. You know, you could see it had such strong engagement, even relative to competitor offerings like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Top Gun. You know, here it is. This was launched, Stranger Things season four in the most recent quarter, and yet they still showed that sort of decline in members. So saying, hey, man, this is really tough competitive environment. You can launch a hit show like that and still face a higher churn. And you might say, well, wait a second, Daniel, aren't I missing the story? Because you you probably see a reported earnings figure of $320, $3.20 per share versus $2.97 last year. Isn't this a nice gain? You know, all this talk about earnings decline or core profitability declining. You know, why, you know, why are they actually reporting a sizable gain in net income? Well, this is because it includes a one-time non-cash gain on euro-denominated debt. So as the US dollar has rallied, their obligations in euros become worth less or less of a problem for them to pay. So it's they're reporting this gain. I personally view it as not a big deal. And one should focus on their core profitability. And looking at the business through their ge different geographic regions, it's very clear US is in a very tough competitive environment. You're looking at North America here that lost 1.3 million subs. Europe facing its own challenges lost another you know, 800,000 about, and really it was offset by continued growth in Asia and a little bit of growth in Latin America. So this is sort of the broader global story that I think you're going to see continue to play out, you know, where the best hope for, let's say North America is maybe, you know, you see some very slight growth, that would be the best hope, you know, stable would be good. Um, and let the other geographic growth engines like Asia, which showed, you know, the 1 million net ads continue to go going forward, that would be the the hope. And they are making several steps to sort of reaccelerate their business or get, you know, basic viewers more engaged. They are, you know, making, let's say, an acquisition in Animal Logic. It's an all cash deal. This is the goal of furthering, you know, further producing more engaging content. They're also looking at other ways to accelerate their revenue. They also recently announced a partnership with Microsoft, which surprised some folks, to help them launch their new ad-supported platform, so their new ad-supported plan. So this would be the free plan, not the, you know, cost plan that you would see, you know, later at the start or sometime in the beginning of 2023. And they are making some efforts 
on paid sharing programs. Now, they this is a sensitive subject because, you know, a lot of folks, you know, are, are happy to effectively, uh, I don't know what's the right word, leech off of, you know, others. Um, and so here it is. They're saying, yeah, we recognize these are folks that want to have access to it. Maybe they don't have the funds to pay for it. And so they're trying out different ways to you know, monetize those 100 million plus households. That includes this add an extra member or add a home feature. They're trying it out in Latin America right now, you know, trying to say, hey, there's all these folks that are enjoying but not paying for Netflix. How do we monetize this? Because this is arguably 100 million folks uh, in incremental revenue. They're also, you know, as discussed in the last conference call, talked about launching games. I've personally played the Exploding Kittens game, um, which is ridiculous, but also fun. I haven't played it on the mobile app. I've played the actual card game. Ridiculous, but fun if you're, if you're looking to, to have some downtime. And so, but they do have that as a mobile game, the Exploding Kittens game. And so, you know, they do talk about, yeah, we are heading in the right direction. You are still seeing growth. You are still seeing their profits go in the right direction, talking about their adjusted profitability, you know, going from 20% two years ago in 2020 to 22%. Now it's closer to 23%. In all honesty, I, I, whenever someone starts talking about adjusted figures, it's really, that just makes me think BS figures. They're talking about their BS margins um, because they're saying, well, if the US dollar didn't rally so much this year, yeah, we would expect to see margins to go so much higher. This is a way of saying, yeah, we're still on this track to deliver higher margins going forward. I think they're going to continue to see margin pressure in the quarters ahead as long as the dollar stays where it is. And that is a big challenge for their business where, you know, 30, 30, 40% of their revenue is international. And so here it is. Not only do you see that headwind from a margin pressure, but they are starting to see expectations for improved free cash flow. And so they're saying, yeah, free cash flow this past quarter wasn't great, closer to break even. But 2023 is supposed to be a much better year, significant year of free cash flow. They're talking about the capital intensity of this business has effectively peaked as the business model has shifted away from licensing second run content to making their own content. Now, making their own content, that is where it takes a lot of capital to start building your library. Now that they have a sizable library of their own, around 60% of their content is Netflix produced. So free cash flow should continue to prove as they don't have to make such huge investments as they've recently done. Now, I look at what's going on in, let's say, North America, where they've seen a recent decline in subs, you know, tougher competitive environment. And despite these recent challenges, their share of US TV viewing continues to make new highs. Around 7.7% of US TV viewing was Netflix. That does suggest to me that they're gom nom 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 gobbling up market share. And that is one of the key aspects that I like to see with the investments I hold, which is saying, hey, does your value proposition resonate where you continue to gobble up the market? Question is, where does Netflix stock, NFLX stock go from here? First, if you're looking for compelling investment ideas or want to take charge of your investment journey, consider unrivaledinvesting.com. And also, this is not financial advice. And so thinking about Netflix, I previously did a video saying, yeah, I think Netflix has a potential to, let's say, over the next five years, outperform the S&P 500. Seeing this quarterly update, I still think that thesis is intact where it could continue to outperform the S&P. Looking at the current setup, looking at a hypothetical valuation analysis where the stock could go, you know, of course, stock prices can go way higher or lower depending on fundamental performance, depending on, you know, sentiment. And I look at this and I think, 
long term, you know, based on now the current price around $216 a share, maybe end up closer to 220, you know, their their share counts down slightly, you know, you're looking at still margins, probably around 20 to 30%, depending on how that shakes out over time, you know, thinking about somewhere between high single digit growth, maybe low teens growth this year, what's the growth rate in the years ahead, I'm assuming once again, high single digits to low teens sort of range going forward. And then what's the earnings multiple, you know, for this business in the years ahead, once again, assuming sort of a teens multiple, and that's, that's roughly where it is around today, you know, around 15, 20 times earnings, real earnings multiple for Netflix. So looking at this business, you know, I'm effectively penciling out that on the low side, if they're only, let's say, growing around 7% and their margins actually decline slightly from here, sort of stabilized, decline slightly around 20%, and their, their multiple declines to around 14 times, that over five years, you're effectively breaking even. Where on the upside, if you're growing closer to a teens rate, your margins improve closer to 30%, you have a little bit of multiple expansion to closer to 20 times, then you could see, could see over 150% gain. So overall, you know, I do think the setup looking at Netflix stock is sort of asymmetric in terms of that upside downside that you're potentially playing for sort of that upside that you're playing for over the next five years, you know, stock price can go way lower than what I'm penciling out. This is sort of saying, well, what are you playing for? And I'm saying, well, in a conservative scenario, I'm playing for break even in a upside scenario, I'm saying, you know, 150%. And so I can understand, you know, why, you know, investors would pull the trigger here. And this is part of the reason why I've previously talked about why I think Netflix, you know, could outperform, let's say, a broad major U.S. index like the S&P 500 over the next five years. I think, you know, for example, I think Netflix will outgrow, let's say, the S&P 500 on a top line perspective, also on an on an earnings perspective. And that's thinking about that framework saying, hey, this has a market multiple of, you know, around 15 to 20 times earnings, so maybe even slightly below market multiple. And I think it's going to grow faster than the underlying market because you look at, you know, like the S&P 500 and, you know, that's growing around 5%, you know, 6% underlying core fundamental growth. So I'm saying I think Netflix should outgrow that and it has a similar multiple. So, you know, apples to apples, that would suggest Netflix could outperform, let's say the S&P 500 over the next five years. That's at least what I think could happen over the next five years, potentially. We'll see. And uh, if you're looking for, for other actionable ideas, actionable insights, looking for compelling investments, the types of stocks that can go up hundreds or thousands of percent over time, check out Unrivaled Investing. If you enjoyed this video, thanks so much. Please make a point of hitting that like and subscribe button. And thank you for watching Unrivaled Investing.